Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- a Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate- some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc., You don't know what to expect, but now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies, and now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and (laughs) my, um, (laughs) which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies. Comfort. 
from the outside in. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Can you imagine having an argument with a 14-year-old? That's how I feel right now. Exactly. There's 0% chance that you end up with Tasha. Everyone here knows it. She will know it very soon. I'm sorry to be the one that tells you the truth. You owe all of these gentlemen and her an apology. And, and if you don't realize that, you don't belong here. I've got nothing more to say to you. I was robbed of time with her this evening, and I'm here for love, not for breastfeeding Noah. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And we are recording this episode for you on an historic night. Obviously, what we watched in tonight's game has changed the franchise forever. The question of whether or not this franchise is actually going to try to be more diverse. Even bringing up the Black Lives Matter movement at all. We were wondering whether they would do this. And wowee, they did. It's kind of unbelievable to see. And as all of this is happening, Pace Case and I have just finished the Hyper Binge. Another historic event (laughs) coming to pass here on the same day. Two great movements at the same time. (laughs) For those of you that don't know, the Hyper Binge is an endeavor in which Pace Case and I have been engaged for the last two and a half months about, maybe a little more. We have been watching every episode of The Bachelor from season one, episode one to season 24, episode 12 on two times speed, four to six episodes a day, and meticulously cataloging every play that's ever been made in service of a larger project that we are doing, which will be out in about a year. Almost all of our conscious hours. The past two months have been spent watching The Bachelor. Has it been done before? (laughs) Probably not. No human beings on planet Earth have done what we've just done. No human beings on planet Earth, I believe, understand the game as well as we do as a result. Watching it that fast, that many episodes, you come to understand nuances, subtleties, construction of the game that I don't think you can otherwise. So for that reason, we are celebrating a little bit tonight that the hyperbench has ended and we can now put that information to use in this next project. But we are also celebrating what our beloved game has become. It really did turn a corner tonight in my mind. I couldn't be happier about it. And we're going to get into all of that, of course. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. Right off the bat tonight, the show opens with the guys sitting around the pool, and Noah is getting an immediate villain edit. He calls all the other guys weens, and he seems to only be bonding <laughs> with Chase and Nick. Okay, Wolverine. And so we know that's the angle they're going to go with Noah right from the start here. Even though he doesn't get much screen time until the end of this episode, he's obviously being set up to be a villain. We also start following another storyline, which is Ben is still pissed that he turtled at the last group date cocktail party turtling is when a player doesn't get one-on-one time with the lead during 
a cocktail party. And then DLH emerges and asks Noah about his clean-shaven lip and how he got a rose on a date that he wasn't even on. And he utters the phrase, Tasha likes bold. Indeed she does, and we're going to see that play out over the course of the rest of this episode as well. Yeah, DLH highlights both his plays of the game, him jumping the fence and shaving his facial hair. And he tells everyone... Who's on the group date? Blake, Riley, Bennett, Kenny, Demar, Zach, C, Ivan. All of these gentlemen march into the 120 degree heat of La Quinta. This is going to be a play for time. Whoever wins this group date is going to get a one-on-one date that night. In order to win, they have to write an original love song and perform it for Tasha. They have one hour to do so and are given a table full of instruments. None of these men are musicians. And this date is one that is more common than you might think in our beloved game on Becca Kufrin season of The Bachelorette. All the guys took a trip to Las Vegas where they met beloved showman Wayne Newton, and they were forced to rewrite lyrics that were germane to their love affairs with Becca Kufrin in the style of his famous song, Donka Shane. And there have been other dates throughout the Bachelor record where people have to perform for whoever the lead is in some kind of musical endeavor. Famously on Deanna Pappas' season, they all had to sing for her. And I just remember Deanna, Deanna. On Desiree's season, they all had to perform with Soldier Boy in an original rap called Right Reasons. You might remember that little ditty. Oh my God. If you haven't seen that video, look at it on YouTube right now. It does not stand the uh, test of time in almost every way. It is an interesting piece of media to behold. Blake says this is literally his worst nightmare. It's almost as bad as the time he bought a book on Alzheimer's and then the Alzheimer's chick left. Zach C literally says, hey, just listen to your heart. He gets in that commercial. I'm sure that was producers telling him to say it. And we see a little montage of all the guys writing their lyrics in their notebooks, Sheridan style, and getting ready for this event. And then they all kind of just go through their random versions of this fucking performance. The highlights were Blake plays an accordion and a mandolin poorly. Riley does a kind of spoken word. Riley does some amazing face play when Blake is playing the accordion, by the way. There was some pretty good face play all around tonight. Easy had a lot of good face play as well. Riley's spoken word was like a TED talk to me. It was not a song. Bennett raps. I'm sorry, he's not rapping. He's spitting bars like he does with his boys. Well, the last two bars that he spits are, <laughs> there wasn't no pressure, Tasha. I'm taking you home to mate you. Yeah, that sounds right. And Ivan closes the show. Although he's not that musical, he does something very good here. He brings mm-hmm. Tasha up onto the little makeshift stage in conference room C at La Quinta Inn with him. An audience participation play. This is very strong. We see this with a lot of historically great players. They do this on group dates when they're having to do a competition performance. Famously, Hannah Sluice did this with PP in their modeling group date. She brought him up with her. It's a good way to show that you haven't taken your eye off the prize. And it also makes all the other players jealous, as it does right here. Anytime you're put into one of these group competitions where it's player after player just going up to do their thing, you want 
to pull the lead into an audience participation at all costs. You do everything you can to do this. I was, A, I was very surprised no one else did it because they were sitting three feet away yeah. from Tasha. It was natural to just pull her if right to you. If you've ever seen the show before, you also know that it's a good move to do. He does, like, his song is fine, but he kisses her hand at the end, a nice little 4TRR move. The only person who really did an actual song was Damar. He says, I'm here to get the crown tonight and plays a song called Mocha Latte. She's my caffeinated rush. I was thinking during this, I was like, I would love to see Clues performing on this group date. I feel like you would do better than any of them. The bar's very low. Yeah, they were terrible. I Okay, let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. There we go. <laughs> well, how did Eminem do it when he was in that movie, Eight Mile? He's like... All right, listen. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Something's coming to me. Okay, I've got it. I've got, I have a little melody. I'm just going to see where this goes. Bear with me. If I was in this challenge, Uh this is what I would have come up with in 30 fucking seconds. These guys had hours. (laughs) Ready? Yeah. Taisha, oh, Taisha, can you hear me calling? Tasha, oh Tasha, in love with you I'm falling. It's a hundred and twenty degrees, but I'm down on a knee. I drank a scorpion, and I'm pretending to have fun. But if you keep me here, I'll shed a few tears, cause I think that you're the one. Tasha, oh Tasha, and then it just repeats. Oh my god, <laughs> that was amazing! I love the rhyming. I love the upping of love levels. Thank you. That song really had it all. Would I have gotten the you, play for time? Would I have won? Yeah, you win the play for time. You would win the play for time, and then we wouldn't have had this historical Ivan date. Another white man would succeed. <laughs> <laughs> I would never want to take time from Ivan. What he did tonight was truly historic and important. No. But this is a lesson for any prospective player. When you are coming into the game, you're going to be put on a fucking group date like this, where you have to do a poem, a song, a monologue, a fucking stand-up set, something. Prepare yes. these things. Before you come in, prepare these fucking things. Even if you're not on the song group date, you can play it. At any point in time, like there's really no loss in prepping this stuff beforehand. And clearly no one had. Maybe Damar, maybe Caffeinated Rush was an an original he had been working on. His was the only one that was actually a song that had any musicality to it. The rest of them were just like (laughs) talking. Some of them rhymed. Bennett, I guess, tried to do a rap. It was a mess for all of these guys. But again, Ivan... Had the best play here because he brought her up with him, did the audience participation, and uh, we see that that gets rewarded later, obviously. Tasha gives him the win, and something funny that she does here is she goes, congratulations, which is just a weird thing to me to say to someone when you're like, you get to go on a date with me tonight, congratulations, what an honor. We'll get to it later, but Tasha really sees this as a game, and I'm not saying that she isn't in it for the right reasons. I believe she is developing true feelings for some of these guys. Are you questioning her intentions? I would never do that. <laughs> I am not like these others. But we see in this moment, she says he gets the win, so it's a game to her there. Later in the show, 
she uses terminology that a producer would use when she says, it's our second rose. She doesn't say no. our second rose ceremony. She calls it by the name that the producers use. This very modular version of rose ceremony. This is probably what they write on their call sheets. It's going to be rose, whatever. Time for rose. She's been in the system so long that the ceremonial segments of the game are what she recognizes all of this to be. And then we get to Ivan's one-on-one here. It's a Mikasa. It's a Mikasa slash memory lane, to be exact. Mm. The other guys do the traditional segment where they are talking about the person who is on the date and wondering whether that will be a love connection. They say, I don't know if Taisha will like Ivan because he's shy. Um, Taisha says, we're just going to order room service and play some games and just chill. And then she says, the phone is in my room for the room service. And then she screams, the floor is lava. And then they trample over all the furniture, break a bunch of La Quinta shit to get to her bed. If I'm on this date, I just walk out the door. I'm like, the floor's not lava. I'm not doing this. (laughs) How many dates would you not walk out the door? I feel like most of them. No, I think uh, I'd like the 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 heavy competition ones. The forced violence ones I'd be into. What? Yeah. Oh my god! Because I have some experimental play that I think would be game breaking for those. <laughs> this shit though, where you just have to suffer right. through some okay. dumb thing that a producer came up with. I mean, he indulges it. Fine, they're putting pillows on the ground. He's tiptoeing around. Floor is lava. It's fun. I think I would like this date. Like you just get shit faced and play Twister. They do this weird thing where they destroy these pillows and they're filled with thousands of feathers. Those are props. Put there by the producers. They're not destroying them. Those are pillowcases stuffed with feathers by the producers specifically to be used in this feather flying pillow fight. Those are fun, aren't they? You know, when you've had those pillow fights where there's feathers everywhere and ha ha, we're having so much fun. That would be another moment where I walk out of the fucking room. I'm like, I'm not doing this. Can we just talk about the nature of fundamental reality or something? Why would you not do that? It's violence. You just said you liked that. It's not violence. That's proxy violence. You have to pretend like you're, oh, we're having fun in these pillows. He can't really swing that pillow at her. She can't really swing it at, like his head. Remember Demi's Extreme Pillow Fight League? Some people got fucked up in that. That's a pillow fight. <laughs> this was just bullshit. This is so deep in the pit that you're measuring pillow fights against each other from his- history. They get some kisses in there. She's feeding him food. He tells her that he loves her little Tasha dance and that she's bringing out the best in him. They have this gigantic ice cream sundae, which was the takeaway for me from the beginning portion of this day. I couldn't stop thinking about like, I haven't gone on Twitter much this week because I'm trying to self-care, but I did go on briefly and I saw the images of the food bank lines in Texas right now. And that's all I could think about when I was seeing this ice cream sundae. And then I'm thinking about them cleaning up for this day and they're vacuuming up all the feathers, dumping all that ice cream in the trash. When I saw that ice cream sundae, the only thought that came to my mind was, is this on the La Quinta room service menu, the giant sundae? Or is this something they've made for the show? Because in real life, if that was an item you could order, it would cost $1,000. <laughs> That's like 50 gallons of ice cream. I think if you buy that in bulk, like it's probably like Costco ice cream. It's not. But I mean, what was even the benefit of it? Like, how would that scene have been different if they each would have just had a single scoop ice cream sundae that they were eating? How would it have changed anything? Because this date was sort of like about this sort of like little kid, like nostalgic, like fun and games thing. Like, And you don't think you get that from just giving them each an ice cream sundae instead of a fucking trash can full of ice cream? 
well, the ice cream sundae stuck out for me in my mind is visually very crazy. So I get why they did it. But they didn't pay it enough attention for it to have been like a purposeful thing. It was just there. They were eating mm. from it, but neither of them were like, this sundae's huge. <laughs> they were just like, this is just how we eat ice yeah, cream sundaes. Yeah, that was probably cut. There's probably footage of them discussing the crazy quantity of ice cream on the cutting room floor. We need the baloney shows. We need the extra hooju tapes. We need the Phantom Night 1 footage now. We need the secret ice cream tapes. These are our demands, ABC. <laughs> then we cut back to the common room. All the guys are there, and this is very usually how these shows are structured. Somebody will be on a one-on-one -on -one date or a group date, and in the middle of it, you will cut back to the common room with the rest of the players as the date card arrives, and we get that here. It's going to be a group date. It says, how far are you willing to go for love? Zach, Kenny, Damar, Bennett, Riley, and Blake will be present on this group date. And Noah says unsolicited that he's disappointed to not be on this group date. He knows he already has a rose from the last one, but he still wants more time with her. And Bennett comes at him for being greedy. And in my opinion, this is all fake. Noah was told to say that. Bennett was told to say that. This is the producers designing a rivalry, and they have told both of these guys to hate each other. And they are just acting it out here. Why do you think that? Why would Noah have ever said that? There's no benefit in it for him whatsoever. Because his play style is riddled with errors? Yeah, he's not the best player. And he is, I guess, trying to adhere to some degree to a get under your skin game. So maybe you're right. Maybe this is just his natural instinct. Yeah. But to me, it seemed extremely stilted. No, it's not his biggest error of this episode, which we will get to. We're back on the one-on-one. -on -one. Ivan does some little subtle play here. He says that his family will love Tasha. He's future casting, that he's going to get a hometown. And they both talk about their families. They both have sweet moms. They talk about the age discrepancy with Ivan's dad being 73 and her dad only being in his 50s. And Ivan says, my dad could be her dad's your dad's not dad. Even 50 yet. <laughs> her dad's not even 50. <laughs> And Ivan starts going down this story about how he never got into drugs or drinking, that he wanted to be the best example for his little brother. And then he says that when he left for college, that his brother took a dark turn for the worst with drugs and drinking. It was a really rough time. He was literally not in control of himself. Eventually, it caught up with him and he ended up spending four years in prison. And this killed Ivan because right before he went to jail, he had a girlfriend who had just had a kid. And then he goes on to say that the experience was tough of his brother going to jail for drugs, but it taught him not to be so judgmental about these things. It taught him to be more open-minded, especially to people who have similar situations. And the show here does something that is historic. Ivan here does something that is historic. Tasha does something here that is historic. This moment, what is about to happen right at this point, is a significant turning point for the entire franchise. Literally for the history of The Bachelor, this moment is a watershed. It is potentially the most important moment, I think, that has ever happened in the game's history in terms of cultural importance, what ABC, what the producers are deciding to put on television. Because they didn't cut this next part. 
That could have been the end of the conversation. I learned a lot from my brother's experience. I'm less judgmental about these things. It was tough, but it taught me a lesson. You could end that whole date right there and it would be a good day. You would believe her giving the rose for it. But instead, he starts to have this other piece of the conversation. He says that his brother got released last year and the stuff that goes on behind the scenes there, especially with George Floyd and police brutality, he says it's wilder in prison. The CO's like literally beat him up. He says, I felt so bad. My first question was, what did you do? And then he realized no matter what George Floyd did, these people, meaning cops, meaning sheriffs, have a job to do and they can't be hurting people for no reason. He says, COVID and then George Floyd changed me as a man. And this combination of drug and alcohol abuse, PTC of his brother, tying it to the Black Lives Matter movement and George Floyd was my play, 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 play of the game. This conversation, I couldn't believe that it was even happening on ABC. Tasha starts crying. I started crying. I never thought the words George Floyd would be on this show. I never thought the words like pr- police brutality and him being beat up by the fucking sheriffs in the prison would be on the show. Like, I'm literally going to cry like talking about it now, which is like not something that usually happens to me mm. when we are uh, talking about this dumb shit. Yeah, Ivan cried. She cried. I cried. It's one of my favorite dates I've ever seen. Tasha can barely even speak in this conversation, and she's probably experienced so much racism just from being a part of this fucking franchise. It was historic, this moment. I think that the internet is going to react positively to this, to seeing this date. Hopefully, they're because of that, they're going to show even more of these types of conversations. Maybe on Matt James' season as well. This entire conversation was also my... Play, 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 play of the game. As I said, I mean, this is a watershed moment for the entire franchise. We all had questions when they cast Matt James, even when they cast Tasha as the replacement for Claire. Is this just kind of a surface thing they're doing? Yes, maybe they're going to get some more diverse casting going, but are they really going to focus mm-hmm. on the issues of non-white players? Are they going to be able to tell their stories accurately or even give them voice or similar screen time to the white players? Any of that. Again, we don't know what they're going to do in the future, but at least tonight in mm-hmm. this episode, there can be no question. ABC, the show, they are willing to go there, and but none of it happens unless you have Ivan, who is willing to go there first, who is willing to go on a national yeah. TV show and sit there and have this fucking conversation in a situation where he knows this is the last thing that you would ever see in this fucking show. This is, look, we just mm-hmm. did the fucking hyper binge. We watched every episode of The Fucking Bachelor. There's not a conversation yeah. like this in all 24 seasons where anyone is no. talking about anything that matters. It's all about how they feel about each other and what love level they're at. And they'll, they'll tell a PTC from their past, sure, about whatever it might have been. But no one's talking about contemporary events. No one is talking about race relations in America. Nobody's talking about how they're personally affected by it. Ivan is sitting here talking about how he was called the N-word in college. Nothing like that has ever been in this show. Again, I don't know 
if this marks a true turn, if this marks a true willingness for this kind of stuff to be openly discussed at all times in this show, or if it's a one and done, but fuck, they did it once, that's more than I literally ever thought this show would do. And so for that, I commend them. I commend Ivan. I commend Tasha. Everybody who was involved in this, as Dark Lord Harrison would say himself, for everyone who's been a part of this one, <laughs> this shit was amazing. This was the best moment in Bachelor history, in my opinion, yeah. at least in terms of maybe not gameplay or producer machination, but it's the best moment in Bachelor history in terms of really seeing that like, fuck, this media engine, this propaganda machine for this one brief shining moment allowed truth to fucking shine through. And I could not believe my eyes. I couldn't either. It is so weird. I felt so bizarre watching this. And just because I'm not used to feeling like this about ABC, I am used to feeling severely disappointed by the choices that they make, the things, the stories that they continue to share. We've had the dwab at the end of every podcast that we've had for so long and that i didn't think was ever gonna end i didn't think we would get a black bachelor we're getting a black bachelor got him yet they've shot i've seen the the ab shots we've shot it planet could end tomorrow you Um, know oh god please don't let the planet end before (laughs) i see the the matchler (laughs) god that would be so disappointing and i even think like ivan was the perfect vehicle for this story because he's so likable he's able to do this in a way that doesn't feel preachy and he's connecting with Tasha. he throws in a little love level here he does a love level one i really like you so much throws in another racism ptc about being called the n-word randomly all the time in college and Tasha continues to cry through this conversation and she talks about how she basically grew up in orange county and she was the only black person how the moment hit her so hard when she was hearing people yell Black Lives Matter in the streets because she was so used to trying to basically pretend to be white with these, what she calls the people in her backyard. And they both talk about how amazed they are that so many people in the U.S. would come together for one thing. I connected with this so hard. I didn't think that it would happen either. I mean, I cry. I've cried several times watching this show, but this was just truly special to watch. And, you know, we get right back to the fucking, their fake orgasm noising and doing dumb shit, eating bull testicles. But it's one of those moments that are rare, but they happen where a professional sport transcends the sport and it becomes a real cultural moment. It's very similar to Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. It's very similar to all the stuff LeBron James does in protests and in service of Black Lives Matter and all that. In my mind, it was anyway. It was really someone walking into this giant corporate machine that just pumps out racist, homophobic, misogynistic propaganda 24-7 and being like, no, motherfuckers, here's the actual truth. And then, I, as I said, like I don't want to really give ABC and the producers credit, but yeah. they also made the final choice to put this in the show and to put it on TV. They do get credit here. And it, it takes up like three portions. The state was long. You know, they're not like, oh, let's just give it one portion and we'll talk about BLM and then that's it. That's what I'm saying. Like, to me, call me fucking crazy. This seems like a genuine and real effort to make a change in the way this show is portraying players of color. 
It, I mean, fuck, it truly does to me. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know where we're going from yeah. here. Right now, I feel very optimistic after seeing that. And we're only seeing Tasha and Ivan. They're not throwing in some like white, third white racist person to play the prison industrial complex devil's advocate. Blue Lives Matter. It was one of the most important moments in the history of our beloved game. Remember it well. Hopefully, we'll see more moments like this, in the, especially in Matt James's season to come. And maybe even some more in the remainder of this season. Who knows? But also, not to take away from just the play that Ivan was doing here. Like, yes, he's got all the all the, <laughs> oh, no. all the weight of everything on his PTC that elevates it to this kind of cultural touch point moment. But I mean, fuck that PTC alone. Let's take out all of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. My brother went to jail for drugs. Couldn't be with his daughter when she was born. That is fucking gut wrenching. Had to touch through the glass. Oh god, it was awful. perfectly played. Even without all the other stuff, mm-hmm. with that other stuff, this is, dare I say Masterful. it, it's not the same style of play as a Dale Moss, but it carries as much weight as his play, I think, mm-hmm. potentially even more. It takes a certain amount of boldness, too. And I don't know, I don't know if Dale Moss would have gotten into that. I don't know if he would have talked about prison guards beating people up. I don't either. And then the guys go out for some pig testicle and water scorpion smoothies. <laughs> it's like as you get this huge moment. I know. I don't even want to go back to the rest of it. Oh. I just appreciate this moment so much. And yeah, we shouldn't have prisons. <laughs> we shouldn't Is that have too political? Prisons. We shouldn't have money. We shouldn't have governments. Oh, come on, clues. Motherfucker, if you're going to say we can't have prisons, know, let's get to I the know, root of the but problem. Prisons is more realistic. It's a more realistic goal than getting rid of money. Money is prisons. It's the same thing. Prisons are money. That's why we have them. The government pays people to have them. It's all the same. Anyway. I know, but I feel like you're hurting my abolitionist argument when you're like, yeah, let's get rid of governments and money. And- no, the, the passion you have to get rid of prisons, yeah. I have to get rid of money and governments. Those are the mm. same thing in my mind. It's all part of the same thing. Yeah, okay. I respect your passions. Thank you. I respect yours as well. Speaking Thanks. of respecting passions... Ivan gets the rose. <laughs> He's rewarded for this brother story PTC, racism PTC, love level one raise, multiple tears on, on all parties. He does. There's one one thing he does that bumps me is that he keeps saying it's going to be a beautiful love story. Which, just when anyone is talking about their story, it brings me back to Kelsey Poe talking about Sanderson Poe and being like, "I love my story." It does me too. I don't like that phrasing. But then they watch a slideshow of pictures of Tasha as a child. This is the memory lane component of the date, and it seems to go well. And again, this date is historic. Like mark this in your fucking calendars. This was the date. In which maybe it all changed. God, I feel like we're going to eat these words, but (laughs) we'll see. And now back to all the white tools. Our group date goes off the next day. (laughs) And this is a fear factor obstacle course scavenger hunt type group date. It's in the middle of the day. The guys are call out and Becca Kufrin and Sydney Lotuaco show up to help their buddy Tasha. We don't know why they're really here. They add nothing to this date. They have a pair of they're binoculars. They're not great hosts. <laughs> they're completely boring and unnecessary, but they are there. Becca tries to get her catchphrase in. She says, make sure you do the damn dares. Okay. And they split the guys up into teams of two. 
And there are dares all around the property of the La Quinta Resort that, in quotes, push their limits physically, emotionally, and mentally. (laughs) Did any of these things push their limits mentally? You got to think really hard about your orgasm noises. The... The teams that they put these guys into are Bennett and Damar, Kenny and Blake, Zach and Riley, and they are given these uh, little cameras, and they're told that they have to take pictures of themselves doing the dares. So this is another element of this date that does not ever pay off. We don't see one of these pictures that they take. It's completely thrown to the wayside. And then they engage in what is essentially a big scavenger hunt around the property. They're running around in the 120-degree heat doing these challenges. Riley drinks a cow intestine and water scorpion smoothie. Bennett and Damar have to get Dark Lord Harrison to autograph one of their upper thighs. Blake and Kenny have to scream orgasm noises through a loudspeaker system so that all the other guys around the property hear it. And then we go back through that cycle That again. was my favorite part. <laughs> it certainly was the funniest part of this because I'll tell you what, the smoothies that they were drinking, I don't believe had intestines and shit in them. I think it was fake. Oh, shit. Smoothie truther. I don't think those were real. And then, of course, the final challenge is each man must eat supposedly a habanero pepper and then propose to Tasha with a big fake ring. By the way, dark moment when Blake is doing his orgasm noise, Easy does some strong face play and goes, Blake got some demons. Blake needs to go to church. It was a dark moment for me. It was a fantastic moment for me. Easy really is doing a very strong, colorful narrator game. And again, mm-hmm. we don't know what's going on with his sexual assault accusations. I guess they're not there anymore. I guess they just disappeared. But his play in this season is actually pretty good in terms of colorful narration because he's getting these little cuts even during he's not on that group date this is just his reaction to these guys doing this he's not on any of these dates but he's having some strong reactions i feel like we haven't seen as many itms from him which i wonder if that has to do with it but smoothies were dumb if you're gonna have the smoothies taste bad they should at least be bad enough that someone pukes What's the point? I think it was faked. I think they were like, here's a fucking strawberry and apple smoothie. Pretend like it has a pig intestine in it. I really don't think they were real. But I will say this. When I saw the words cow intestine on the fucking little card that the smoothie was sitting on, I immediately am flashing back to that date with Ivan and Tasha that I was just watching 10 minutes ago. And I'm like, how is this the same fucking show? Really is a dichotomy there. <laughs> But then I'm just in it. And I'm like, well, fuck it, whatever. At least we got that. That's kind of my end feeling on the Ivan date is like, at least we got it. That is forward progress. It fucking truly, truly is. So all the guys are put out of their fucking misery. (laughs) They have to eat a pepper and fake propose to Tasha. Bennett plays up this whole thing about how I didn't expect during that moment to have feelings, looking into her eyes and thinking about what a proposal would feel like. I don't believe him for a fucking second. Ugh. I don't... I'm sorry. I don't get the whole Bennett obsession. I think he's like a decent player given what we have here, but people are very into him on the internet, and I think it's... uh, He's pretty mediocre. Mm. This whole season's pretty mediocre. You don't have to do a lot to stand out or potentially get a producer deal, which I think Bennett may already have. That night, At the after party, we see each of our guys jockeying for their one-on-one time, and it starts with Bennett. He goes to a pool, and they 
sit on the edge, he and Tayshin dangle their feet into the water. He re-hits his PTC here about his broken engagement, about how he was fully engaged and dialed up for a wedding. He doesn't really get into why he actually broke it off. He says it's a little tough to talk about. I don't remember a time when my parents were solid. So he's playing this parental PTC to sort of skirt over the issue. And he kind of uses a 4TRR defense here. He says that I knew all along it wasn't right. And once it got down to the final moment, I just couldn't keep that lie going. So he knew all along this was not the person for him. That he proposed clues, underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? 
and that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Those two. That's right. They kiss. He praises the process and his ITM, saying this is the most exhilarating experience he's ever been a part of. Then she asks Blake Moines if there's anything his exes would say about him that's bad, and he says, absolutely not. I'm friends with all my exes, and I would never treat a woman badly. Well, thank you very much for letting us know that, Blake. (laughs) And he is here to get his life started with a woman. That's the last piece of the puzzle for him, and this obviously is going to wind up working for him. Tasha says he's completely come down with his walls. Walls down. She has some one-on-one time with Riley, where he promises her he can prioritize marriage and family over his busy work life, and he says he wants to have kids, five to be exact, and she loves that he remembered that she told him she wants to procreate five times as well. Kenny gets a little one-on-one time. He promises not to be a smart ass to her parents, that he will be normal. Damar gets his one-on-one time, and he says his worst fear of this is getting divorced, because his mom was divorced twice. This is an excellent PTC play. Had to go through two dads. Zach C. and Tasha have hot tub time. He says that he's in his shell, that he has walls. Zach says, don't mistake me being quiet for anything other than being nervous. I get nervous around you. He says how much he loves seeing how she treats other people. Says he's looking looking for a partner where they can work as a team. It's not always going to be hot tub looking at the stars. I need that rock, which she loves. They kiss. Zaxi loads love level one, says he's crushing on Tasha. It's like real butterflies, all the feels they call it these days. Making another maturity joke that he's too old to call it in the feels. And then Tasha comes back to the group and picks up that beautiful flower. It's time to give out the GDR. Who's going to win this prize? That's the group date, Rose. She does a top player speech. And this is something we're starting to see more and more this season. She tells Bennett, Zach, and Blake that they all did good jobs, basically going over the highlights (laughs) of her conversations with each of them. You said this, you said this, you said this. I liked all you three, but Zach, you get the rose. And so this functionality is essentially what you see in any other kind of competition reality show, RuPaul's Drag Race or Ink Master or even American Idol, where the judges basically bring out all the players and they say, these three did great. You won, but these other two also great. And you basically know that those other two are safe. And this serves the exact same dramatic function. It removes Bennett and Blake from the idea that we might have that they are unsafe in the final rose ceremony. It kind of laser focuses wherever the producers want to put the drama on who may or may not get time or be around in the end. This allows them to kind of eliminate Blake and Bennett from that so that they can make the story more coherent about 
Who's on the chopping block? Someone who feels like he's on the chopping block is Ben. He is still bitching about how he's been turtling, says he needs to fix it. You know he's loading a knock-knock here. And they do an interesting thing here, which is that they schedule two knock-knocks at the same time. Ben and Ed. And we get an almost identical cut. It's Ben stewing in his room, Ed stewing in his room. They're both planning to go out into the night and find Tasha's room. Now, already this is counterfeit. None of this is real. Everything you see in this next segment is completely false because you cannot do a knock-knock without the producer's help. Ben is not sitting around thinking, well, I better go find her room. The producers have told him, hey, you haven't had time to talk to her. We know that's an issue. Do you want to talk to her tonight? Do you want to go to her room? Yeah, I'd love that. Hey, why don't you also do a room service thing where you order some champagne and strawberries? Oh, that's great. So he's in. They then go to Ed and they tell Ed, hey, do you want to go do a comedy bit with Dark Lord Harrison? Because that's <laughs> what winds up happening here. They set it up like these two guys are going to bump into each other right in front of Tasha's door. That's what we think is going to happen. That's where we think this is going. But I guess for the producers, even that would be too much. That would be a step too far for us to believe that they randomly met each other out in the darkness, wandering the fucking grounds of Laquita. Because as Ben goes to Tasha's room and knocks on the door and she opens the door, we then see Ed knocking on a door. And who opens it but Dark Lord Harrison, who invites him in for a fucking drink at supposedly 2.30 a.m. This is all fake. You can tell Dark Lord Harrison knows that this is coming. Ed knows that this is coming. I didn't agree with you at first on this, but now that I see that he gets rewarded with a rose, I completely believe you that he is on the take. Ed has been on the producer payroll for about three episodes now. I think as soon as they put that little doll in his hand, he was like, all right, fuck it. Even before that, he's just saying whatever they want. He's doing whatever they want him to do. They have promised him paradise. That is for fucking certain. You think they're going to let any player go into the Dark Lord's fucking private suite and commune with him over a glass of wine? Unless that person is fucking already contracted. The Dark Lord already has his soul. That is fucking signed and delivered. Ed will be on Paradise. Mark my fucking words. I can see him playing like an always be Cam role in Paradise. Hmm. Honestly, we don't know who's going to be on Paradise in terms of the women because we still got a full Matt James season coming up, which I'm salivating for. But <laughs> I think Ed could maybe squeak out an actual Chris Randone, Coach Crystal type thing with somebody i feel like even chris randone has like sliver more charm than ed waste brought here's the thing he does this knock knock with dark lord harrison and like sort of tries to do this comedy bit says oh it's a great consolation here i thought i was gonna end up with Tasha. and you're right like if he was trying to do a Tasha knock knock he'd see dlh and be like oh actually i'm gonna go find the real place and you turn around immediately and you just tell the producers like, hey, what the fuck? I'm supposed to go to Tasha's room. This is Chris Harrison. What are we doing here? There would be no interaction. He certainly wouldn't go into that room and drink fucking wine with him. They told him to do it. You're going to come to fucking Chris Harrison's house. He's going to invite you for some wine and we're going to have you do a little fucking bit with him. 100%. I think it's possible that once he gets there, he's like, oh, well, this guy's kind of my boss. So I'll just, whatever. I'll just go with the flow. But yeah. God, he he has such an opportunity here. He has a one-on-one date with DLH here. He could create this amazing comedy bit and become like this charming, likable 
person who, yeah, of course he's not going to have an actual romance with Tasha, but he could become a fan favorite through this, have more of a push to get him on BIP, but he just is such a dud here and just doesn't, doesn't do anything with what he's given. And this was my error, 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 error of the game. Completely wasted opportunity. You know this is going to get screen time. At least have some lines prepared if it is indeed a prepared play here. It was not my error of the game. There was one that I thought was a little more detrimental to overall play later in the game, but it was a huge dropping of the ball for sure. The opportunity you're being given here to have screen time in essentially what is a scripted sketch with the dark Mm -hmm. fucking Lord, no one gets that. That is one of the rarest things you get is screen time with just you and Chris Harrison, unless you're a lead in the very end of the thing where you're like, you know, having some fucking trouble jumping a fence, whatever. To have this, you're a fucking mid-level floater and you're getting a whole night in Chris Harrison's fucking suite and all we get out of it is some like barely mumbled, awkward conversation. You fucked that up, dude. Agreed. Back on the true knock-knock, Ben tells Tasha, I really wanted to just apologize for making you disappointed in me in the last after party. Tasha reminds him that the theme of this week has been proving yourself and fighting and showing up. Showing up? That's Claire's line. What the fuck is Tasha doing with Claire's it's line? The same season. That's what I'm it's saying. I'm like, season. wait a minute. So what this is season this is season? the showing up season. This season is the showing up season. <laughs> it's the being bold season. It's the fucking. It's like all of these in being bold. It's by the, the way, was Hannah Brown shorts at cocktail parties. I think that's part of why it seems so casual. They're all wearing shorts at all of these after parties. Totally. That's why I can't wait for Matt James's season. We are back to Bachelor. Oh, it's going to be so good. But this season. Usually they have the bachelorette or the lead, whoever it is, they'll have one little catchphrase. This one, they're it's so many and they're borrowed from other players. Grown ass man. Grown ass man is maybe hers, I guess, but that one's gone. And now she's on to Hannah Brown's Be Bold and Claire's show up for me. But this knock knock goes pretty well for Ben. After telling her that what she said went to heart and he's going to show up for her, he's going to be around, he has... He has. The producers have room service delivered to the room. They have some strawberries and champagne, the nightcap that they never got to have. And, you know, this knock-knock paid off for Ben. It looks like he's back in her good graces. And we cut to Ed still wandering the grounds of La Quinta while it's pitch black outside trying to find (laughs) Tasha's room. He's now doing the final bit that they are asking him to do. Okay, no pretend like you had fun with DLH, but you're still looking for Tasha's room and you just can't find it. But wait a minute. Don't you know where it is, producer? The producer who's making me wander around the courtyard here? Don't you know where I should go? Can I just ask you and you could take me there? No, that can't happen. Okay. He's on the take. You got him. He's on the fucking take. You got him, Clues. He's on the take. I got who? (laughs) The show? We get the show every week. We always got him. Come on. (laughs) Got him. The next morning, we see a little clip of Ed saying that he expects Noah to pull out some moves because he has nothing to lose, referring to the rose that he already has. And we have the cocktail party that night. Ivan 
Noah and Zach all have roses. They're safe on this night. By the way, Noah says that people are acting like weenies because of him getting the rose with passive-aggressive tiny little jabs. He said weenies and he said weens. I think we're going to get some more. We're going to weenus or something like that's going to be coming up next episode. I'm telling you. <laughs> weenus? DeMar loads a love level one here. Says, every time I see her, I get the little rush. Butterflies. Tasha's toast at this cocktail party. She says, you guys have made some pretty bold moves. Fought for me and been vulnerable. She wants this twofer. Cheers to our second rose. The opening of this scene, though, starts with Noah stirring the pot without warning or need by saying it feels good coming into this situation with the rose because I just get to focus all my time on Tasha and our relationship and then it kind of gives him the fucking eye roll and we see that I don't know if the producers are forcing him to do this or again if he's just running a kind of generalized get under your skin game riddled with errors this I actually don't think was an error the getting under your skin game can work it can push people over the edge and they can flame out on their own And that's what he was trying to do here. He was trying to see which one of these guys' buttons he could press with that little statement. And it kind of sets the tone for what he's going to do later, obviously. Ben shows up for Tasha, grabs that first responder role, says, my name is Ben. This is me showing up. He's very clear. I am fulfilling the request you have made for me. He says, I'm feeling a way I've never felt in my lifetime. He says, I was the most nervous I've been in my entire life when he did his knock-knock last night. It's like the start of a real relationship. He does a good little kiss lead-in line here. I'm doing it. (laughs) Kiss. It's coming. And he says he's happy to be there with her, which in my books is a raise to LL1. So he's on the board. Then Riley gets a bit of one-on-one time. He has her sign a contract to be his girlfriend, (laughs) and he seals it with a kiss. Nothing more romantic than paperwork. Riley, good job. I mean, that's another way of doing a kiss lead-in. The way to seal this contract is this way. Written consent. Brandon gets some one-on-one time. He says they haven't seen each other all week. He says he's missed her. He gets a kiss. Then we get some one-on-one time with Noah. These are the moves that Ed warned us about. The moves that he's going to pull off because he got nothing to lose. Because he's got Rose in pocket. He could just sit there with Tasha. He could say, thank you very much for this, Rose. This has been a great pleasure. I love getting to know you more. I want to get a couple of kisses out of this and mm-hmm. just establish that we have a good connection. And I'm leaving this on a high note, moving into the next week, whatever that may entail for me, a group date, a one-on-one, a two-on-one, whatever it may entail. Shaving other parts of my body. I'm going to get through this part of this rose ceremony on a good note, but he does not do this. Instead, he says he has to bring up something that's on his mind. And he essentially says that he knew he would get some heat from the other guys for jumping the fence and shaving the mustache and getting the rose, but he didn't really care because he can take the heat. But now, some of the other guys in the house are accusing Tasha of just giving him that rose to shake things up. And he doesn't like it when her integrity is questioned. Again, he can take the heat. This isn't about him and the other guys. This is about what the other guys think of her. This, it is very hard to do, but he did it here. This is a generalized group tattle taking yourself out of it. She even asked him, who are you talking about? He says, I'm not going to name names. You can ask whoever you want, but this made me feel bad because they're shit talking you. That's basically what he's saying here. 
It is just this blanket grenade thrown at the other guys. They now have to deal with the fallout. And right here in this moment, this is actually a good play, a a high level Mm -hmm. fucking play, something very difficult to do. And again, this is also in keeping with his fucking whirlwind of chaos strategy. You never know what the fuck this guy's going to do. He just pulled off a group fucking generalized tattle. You don't ever see these ever. And he pulls it off, at least in this moment. A generalized tattle that blows up the rest of the cocktail party so that no one else gets time. The result is fantastic for him. He's already rose in pocket. Well, it sets up a moment that almost all leads have. There's a moment in every season where someone gets questioned for being 4TWR. It's not usually the entire group like this. It's usually one or two people. And then the lead will come in, sit them all down and be like, if you're not here for the right reasons, I'll fucking walk you out my goddamn self. And she does it. She does that exact. I'm a strong, independent woman and I won't take no bullshit. It's the moment of anger for the lead. And it has to be justified because 4TRR is questioned about the lead. And that is one of the things you can never question. It allows them carte blanche to behave in any way they prefer. Here you see it in an angry outburst and storming out and ending the cocktail party. That's it. I'm punishing you assholes. So he set all this up. This is masterful. Mm -hmm. Half of the dudes didn't get to have time because of what he did. Fucking genius level play. And he has the tattle guard, the rose and pocket. So he's not going to go down with this move. But as genius as it was, just as quickly, it becomes horrible. (laughs) The guys all start piecing together what the fuck might have happened after she just screamed at them and walked out of the room. And Noah admits to being in the last conversation before she came out and did this. And they're like, well, what did you fucking talk about? And he's like, well, I did mention that you guys were all shit talking her and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what are you talking about? We know what shit talked her, dude. What are you talking about? This admission that he did a blanket generalized tattle against all of those targets was my error, 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 error of the game. You never tell the target of the tattle that you tattled on the target. Never. Never. That's the only rule of tattling. And he had it. He had it set up. All he had to do was sit there and say nothing. He had it. No one would have even known. There's so craziness with production. They don't know who the last conversation was. He just volunteers himself as fucking tribute. And it is, it's horrible to watch because it was such an impressive tattle. But alas. He takes himself down here. And this, to me, again, just evidence of his chaos play style. And it doesn't always work. You do these big, bold moves. And in that moment, I can almost hear the gears ticking in his fucking mind. He's like, all right, they're coming after me. He's feeling the pressure a little bit. You can tell that. He cracks here. This isn't a thing that he is strategizing. This isn't even a move that he feels like Mm -hmm. is going to get him a leg up. He's starting to crack under the pressure of a whole room full of guys being like, who the fuck did this? Who the fuck did this? And he's miscalculating. He's like, ah, shit, I should come clean about this. That'll help me in the future. But it's like, you've already lied about them shit-talking her. You now have to bury that lie. Don't try to get out of that lie by telling the truth about the lie you you already told. Do you think that was fully a lie? I feel like some of the guys probably were like, oh, I don't know. Maybe she just gave that rose to try to get us to step up and be bold or whatever. I think he twisted it for sure. I think there could have been conversations that were like... She gave that rose to him because he was fucking bold. And like, that's what she keeps saying she wants. So I don't know. Maybe that's what she's rewarding is shit like that. Mm -hmm. I can easily see those conversations. Those happen almost every season. But the way he spun it was they were questioning her integrity. I don't believe any of them did that. 
By the way, Ed does one good line here. He goes, you ruined everyone's night for your own glory. <laughs> a couple of good lines come out of here. Bennett says he feels like he's having an argument with a 14-year-old. He also says, I'm here for love, not breastfeeding Noah. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and Bennett ultimately faces him down and says, you have a 0% chance of winding up with Tasha. We all know it. You know it. And very soon, she will know it. So now we see that this rivalry is being set up between Bennett and Noah. And that's what Noah is getting out of this. The price he's going to have to pay is at some point going head to head with Bennett. Maybe even possibly with some of the other yeah. guys. We don't know. It looks like he's on a two on one next week. He has been fascinating to watch. I think he is extremely entertaining. He has the producers on his side, mm -hmm. obviously. Any of the people who are doing big moves now, the producers are fully behind them because they're like, how do we save this season? It made me very sad because I really liked watching his chaos style. And it just here. And you think it, Bennett's going to beat him? Yeah, I do. I think Bennett will beat him in the two on one. Yeah. But I also think that there's something you have to have in the chaos style at all times, and that is supreme confidence. And he didn't have it here. I think he cracked because he lost the confidence. When these guys were all jumping on his back, it overwhelmed him. And he was like, fuck, I, I just got to tell the truth. When instead, he should have been like, oh, fuck. I got these guys fucking sprung right where I want them. And then you don't say shit. Or maybe you even spin another lie that was like, I heard Easy was saying some shit. I don't know. You tried yeah. to fucking pin it off on somebody else. He didn't do yeah. any of that here. Fell flat. And Noah, I think, is going to be a bright star who burns out relatively quickly. I think we will see him in paradise, yeah. though. Even Chasen turns on him, says he's very high school, very pathetic, even though he was just like fist bumping him earlier this episode and also making everyone call him Wolverine. And not to beat a dead horse, but this is also a huge opportunity for a solidarity group play, a unionized play, if you will, that none of these guys fucking exercise. As soon as they know Noah did this, every guy in that room stands up and says, hey, let's all go to Tasha right now and tell her Noah is fucking lying. And if she doesn't kick him <laughs> off the show, we all leave. Your experimental strategies are are 50% unionizing and 50% suicide. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two things that work. <laughs> Anytime there's a single fly in the ointment, you can remove it by unionizing. Anytime. Either unionizing to the producers or to the lead. You can get shit done. And they just, no one's doing it. Everybody's just sitting there like, oh, fuck, I didn't get my time with her. I hope she still gives me a flower. Go get the fucking flower. Take it off his lapel. Get her to revoke it and give it to you. These are things you can do in this game. No one does it, though, because there's this misunderstanding of the fact that the rules are actually very malleable. There's only a couple of them that you can't break. Mm -hmm. It's 4TRR, questioning the lead. That's about it. Everything else fluid you could do it you saw fucking noah jump in that goddamn cage and get a fucking rose for it shave off a fucking mustache you could do whatever you want the rules are there to kind of guide you yes there's going to be rose ceremonies yes there's going to be dates but you can force the hand of both the lead and the producers and no one ever fucking does it i don't understand it say lovey so the rose ceremony goes off and ben Gets rewarded for his knock-knock with first flower. Not a floater. No, I agree with you. He's not a floater. He's come back strong. I think Ben's going to go pretty far. Easy gets second flower for his astounding face play. Riley gets third flower for the contract that he made her sign to be his girlfriend. 
Brennan gets fourth flower for laying in the cut. Bennett, of course, gets fifth flower for the second place speech she gave him at the group date. Blake gets sixth place for the third place speech she gave him at the group date. (laughs) (laughs) Damar for only song. (laughs) Yeah, Damar gets seventh flower for only song. And of course, Spencer, who could forget him, gets eighth flower. And then we break the rose ceremony for a moment to go to an ITM. There's one rose left. And Kenny says, what Noah did was like a chess move. He, in fact, saw him playing literal chess in the house. Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe he's a little smarter than we give him credit for. And of course, the big question, will Ed Wastebrock get a rose? Well, he's already signed the fucking deal with the producers. So, of course, he gets the ninth flower. We say goodbye to Jordan, who we barely saw, Kenny, Dr. Joe, and Wolverine Jason. Riley does a very intense <laughs> toast saying, cheers to being a better man for Tasha." A threat toast. <laughs> and then in the teaser for next week, we see Noah and Bennett are going to be put in a rivalry and there may even be a two-on-one date. That's what it's looking like. That's what it's shaping up to be. And we have an ITM from Noah at the end of this. He says, I don't want to be the villain of this. I'm not changing or anything. In fact, I'm going to take it up a notch. Can't wait to see it. Chaos reigns. But this episode, ladies and gentlemen, was historic. As we have said, please remember it as such. This is something we never thought we would see in our beloved game. I still am a little floored by it. I still don't know quite how to react. It seems so out of place in the long record. I mean, as we said, we just watched 24 seasons of this back to back to back to back on two times speed and nothing like this (laughs) exists in The Bachelor. We have not watched Bachelorette or Bachelor in Paradise. Or Bachelor Pad. Maybe there's a police brutality conversation on Bachelor Pad that we're forgetting about. (laughs) But it's from the other side. It's from a cop who enjoys doing it. I mean, kind of, we have seen that. Andy Dorfman, her intro talking about locking up gang members. But yeah, we had Ivan playing multiple PTCs, tearful conversation. He won the play for time with his song and his audience participation move bringing Tasha in to make it a duet, sort of. And for these reasons, Ivan was my MMMMVP. Ivan was also my MMMMMVP. Yes, his play was great. His play alone was worthy of an MVP this week. Yes. But the elevated nature of everything he did, what it means to this game, what it means to reality television, what it means to Mm -hmm. everything going forward, not just in Bachelor, but in how any reality shows convey these ideas to the broad American audience, much of which is Red State America, is astounding. I just am blown away by it. I think he is historically a very important player in the game. It should be remembered as such. Hopefully will be. And what he did tonight was, it may be the most important thing ever done in the history of Bachelor, at least culturally. 
I agree. I'm still processing it. It's also just, it's hard to have that conversation in a way that, you know, it's, there's a lot of obstacles in having that conversation. And I'm sure they will get a lot of blowback on it too. Not all of Bachelor Nation is going to react positively to this, Mm -hmm. I'm sure. But I'm hoping that it is an overwhelmingly positive response. I feel just from our two reactions, which maybe are not representative, but I think it will be positive. And I don't know. I'm I'm truly blown away by it. And I don't, it's weird to feel that way. I mean, this is like an area that is very near and dear to my heart, criminal justice reform. I do think that we're going to look back, hopefully that we will look back on this time period and realize that we've been brutalizing our citizens and that we have the, like LA County has the largest jail system in the entire world. And I think that especially in this time period when everybody is forced to live in isolation and with comforts, you know, you got Postmates, you got the internet, you got all these other things. But I think that it is opening up a lot of these conversations about prisons and about how we're treating people and about law enforcement and the sheriff's department and how there's all this corruption and it's just an inherently racist institution. And I hope that these conversations continue and it's just fucking weird to see it on the bachelor. I don't know. I'm flabbergasted. And I have to say, although they deserve no credit for the play, they do deserve some credit in this. It is the producers. It is ABC. The way they showed Mm -hmm. it, the amount of time they gave it, the way they fucking cut it, the way, like, they got ultimately to guys drinking smoothies with fucking pig balls in it or whatever, but it didn't feel that disjointed to me because they let it play out. They let them not only have this conversation, Mm -hmm. they gave them some moments after it to make it feel like a real date. They gave enough time and weight to that situation that it didn't feel frivolous or like they were pandering. It felt like that was really presenting the conversation as it happened. I know there were yeah. a lot of things edited out, obviously, but the way they presented it, felt it was like a good. very real date. So congratulations, yeah. Ivan. Congratulations, producers. Congratulations, Tasha. Congratulations, ABC. This was <laughs> astounding. It was fucking astounding. I haven't been on the internet since uh, the East Coast airing started. I'm very curious. Yeah, I know. I have like 100 DMs I have to now answer. But thank you everyone for joining us on the eve of this historic event. This really was a pleasure to call with you, Pace Case, to roll through this one and break it down. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is an important night. And hopefully we'll have many more. Hopefully you guys will join us on that journey. And thank you for all the tids that you're sending in. As always, we love those tids. Been some interesting tids this week. There was an interesting TikTok going around of a woman who ran into Claire Crawley, and I guess Claire Crawley demanded that the woman know who she was before she would take a picture with her. That's pretty funny. What? Yeah, we'll get to it this Friday. Be sure to tune in Friday. We're going to be talking about all the parasocial plays, all the Bachelor Nation news that you I love. I love TikTids. Yeah, we'll have This Week in Bachelor Nation coming out on Friday. We will be recording Thanksgiving. Everyone, have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. 
And if you're bored this Thanksgiving and you're looking for a little extra content to consume, you can always just go over to patreon.com slash game of roses. We have about 10 to 12 hours, I think, of stuff in there now. Is that accurate? Yeah. We just posted an interview with a couple of my friends regarding the first time that I was ever in the document at Sean Lowe's Women Tell All. Clues and I interviewed them. It was a pleasure for me to get to talk to all of you about that because I have always had questions about what the fuck is it like to be in the audience at a Women Tell All? What is that day like? (laughs) What is it like sitting in the fucking audience, seeing DLH, all that shit? And I knew you had done it. I don't know either of your friends. I met them in this interview. It was mm-hmm. fucking fascinating. So if you've ever wondered what it is like to be in one of these jewel-toned audiences cheering and making sad faces <laughs> at whatever the fuck's going on on stage, please check that out on our Patreon. It is illuminating, yeah, it to very, say the least. Very fun to do. And we will be doing a part two because I was in the audience for a different part of the document, which will be revealed later. <laughs> And just a little teaser for another Patreon thing that we have coming up next Monday. As I mentioned at the top of this, Pace Case and I have finished the Hyper Binge. We have watched every fucking episode of The Bachelor back to back to back to back to back, two times speed, meticulously recording every play that has been made by every fucking player in the goddamn history of our fucking beloved game. And now it's time to celebrate. Pace Case and I are going to (laughs) celebrate in a way that we like to celebrate in, which involves a little marijuana. And we are going to go through <laughs> our top 10 revelations from the Hyper Binge. And that episode mm-hmm. will be available on our Patreon on Monday. So if you have any interest in learning what we've learned and listening to us as we, in quotes, celebrate, please be sure to check that on Monday. The Hyper Binge. But yeah, we're going to try to narrow down our top 10 revelations. It's going to be a very fun episode. And as always... Before we go, what is the dwab at? It has been 6,820 days without a Black Bachelor. Praise be Lord Harrison. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.com. 
canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 